Hello everybody and welcome to episode 96 of Link to the Cast, your weekly dose of video games and nerd culture ephemera. On the show this week, what we've been up to over the Christmas break, Nintendo Direct kicks off year two for the Switch, is Team Hospital back? Hold down both triggers and the triangle button to make David Cage look sad. And in lieu of book club this week, Mark and I are going to stare into the crystal ball and make some calls for the year ahead in our first annual New Year Predictacular. Let's start the show. This is Link to the Cast, episode 96, from your pals at linktothecast.eu. Available on all your favourite podcasting platforms, be it Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, or Stitcher. I'm your party host, Dave Ryan, joined as I am each and every week by the New Year Robinson, Mark Robinson himself. How are you, my friend? Hello. We're back in the saddle. Oh, it's been... This is this would be the, the longest break I think we've had. Since um, you returned from China? Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. It's been, what, <clears throat> we recorded Game of the Year, like, over three weeks ago? About that, yeah. Yeah, it was, like, sometime just before Christmas. Um, and we haven't, we kind of burned ourselves out on talking into microphones after that. And just talking to each other in general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> had a good Christmas. So how was your Christmas? Yeah, it was, it was what I was hoping for. You um, went back home to the motherland. I went back home to England uh, for a few days, saw the friends, saw the family, uh, then came back on the 27th and then went straight to the Midlands and spent the rest of the year um, with my partner and her family and played a lot of board games, which was uh, mm-hmm. which was just one of the pretty chilled out ends of the year. And it was yeah. very much that. So, yeah, it was nice. It yeah. was good. Yeah, the usual kind of went home to, to family for Christmas. Didn't see a lot of them because that... Uh, there's a Ireland and England have this very tough strain of the flu going around. The Aussie flu, I believe, is what the the, the media are calling it. Yeah, um, a very serious strain of the flu, like loads of people getting hospitalised over it and stuff like that. So, uh, various members of my family had the flu over Christmas, so they stayed at home. So it was quite a, a quiet Christmas. There was a bit of Trivial Pursuit played, and I came back here on the twenty sixth. Went away on the. On New Year's then, because it's myself and the girlfriend's anniversary, six years, which is an incredible uh, length of time. Um, Truly remarkable human achievement. A, given what a fucking trash man I am. <laughs> um, so yeah, I spent New Year's with, with her family then, uh, and we ended up playing um, Jackbox on my Switch on the Strong. kitchen table. Strong. Um, which was the, neither my girlfriend nor her brother uh had experienced jackbox before yeah. so that was get- and getting out on my switch was was a good idea yeah i i have it on my switch now as well uh yeah. jackbox 2 because that has mm. the the good quiplash and fibbage and yeah. the uh drawful drawful on there not drawful no the one where you have to bid bidiots bidiots i really like do you like bidiots i do like bidiots yeah. Um, and so I literally now just, there's like a row of four people in the office and I just kind of plunk my switch down every lunchtime and we have a quick couple yeah. of goes. And, yeah. Jackbox, yeah. man. It's, Jackbox. It's um, but yeah, how are you, how are you recovering from game of the year? Good. It was good this year. I, I enjoyed some arguments were had. Yeah. So. I, I'm still not happy about the end result. I don't like a tie. Yeah. You know, you won't spoil it cause go back and listen to it. Yeah. But there was a tie for there game was a of tie. the year. Probably the most predictable tie if you listen to us week in, week out. Possibly. But I think, because um, I went back and I, I listened to them over 
uh, Christmas and the New Year, and nearly seven hours worth of podcasts. That was a fair bit there. Uh, first of all, just want to say thank you very much to Jack for doing a fine job with the editing. Absolutely, and, um, the work. He a did marvelous job, particularly. I want to point out during the best music category. Yes, where he, as we were talking about the song, he underlaid the the actual music. He certainly so check that out. certainly did more work than either of us would have done for that. Uh, so. Well, yes, yes. Yeah. Based on the fact that like he's he's a good bloke and the fact that we don't know what the fuck we're doing. True. When it comes to that sort of thing. Um but no, I you know, I always enjoy the show. We're all though we are all idiots, we are also mm-hmm. all kind of of well reasoning and yeah. Articulate enough to there, put a point there across. There was no falling out. There were people who were disappointed they didn't get yeah, their game but... where they wanted it sometimes. Um, I'm happy with a couple of mine that I got pretty high up on the list, like I was last year as well. Um, just like didn't quite achieve like I achieved last year, getting super hot snuck yeah, into third like, place. We we all like video games, but I don't think um, mm. you know we're that highly strong. That yeah, we're I've be listened to Game of the Year podcasts where people. Oh like... yeah, oh I have. Trust <laughs> yeah. me, you know um, the the fucking Game of the Year podcast that we kind of base nails off of, mm. like the the tears. Oh God. Um, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, we're covered from that now. Um, back into more regular swing of things. Hey, I want to talk about a podcast. Oh, do you know? A sister podcast that we've just launched this past week. Indeed. Uh, at linktocast.eu. It's called The Popcorn Social. It's me and Jack Lazell, friend of the show, the Roman Reigns of audio. Um, and we're just going to do it once a month, talk about movies and TV on there. Um, the first show is up now. It's longer than the regular shows are going to be because it was kind of a year in review for 2017 as well as kind of introducing the concepts of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people who are going to tune in, it, I, well, firstly, I'd, I'd urge you to go back and listen to the the first episode that went up this past weekend. But uh, for future episodes, we're going to have three features and it's um, uh, what we've been watching in the cinema since the previous show. Then the, the main thrust of the show is going to be, uh, we, we I think we're calling a home video. I think that's the, the, the name we gave it, where myself and Jack are going to assign each other a movie to see to watch for the first time or for the first time in a while. Okay, so it's not know. just like a cinema thing. It is any film. Oh, any, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it could be like, uh, you know, the, the one I assigned Jack to watch is Ex Machina. Uh, to go watch that. Not Citizen Kane. Whatever. No, no. Which is Citizen the Citizen Kane. Kane of movies. Indeed. Um, and he's assigned, I can't remember what he assigned for me. Well, um, that's good. <laughs> oh, I, I, I wrote it down. Cool. Uh, I just haven't watched it yet. And then the third segment is what we're going to do is we're going to look at what are the big releases for the upcoming month and the two of us are going to do a Price is Right high-low game to see uh, who gets the closest to accurate prediction of the Rotten Tomatoes score for it. I like that. I like that. Yeah, so uh, check out. That's the, the Popcorn Social with myself and Jack Lazell. That'll be about, about like a little bit more frequent than the grapple, but it's not going to be, if you're here for just the video games, it's not going to be much to avoid because it will be only once a month. Well, the thing is, if you think about it, like you likely see one film a week, which is only a couple of hours, where yeah. if you want to do like a weekly wrestling sort of catch-up thing... That's tough. <laughs> It's just not possible. It's yeah, not possible. Yeah. Like, we do about, what, six grap-ups, five, six grap-ups a year? We really? I, I feel <laughs> like the rate we're going. I feel like we plan our grap-ups around when they do NXT TakeOver shows. Yeah, or like around the, the, the big... Last year, I think we did ones around each of the big four pay-per-views, and then we did the Mae Young Classic special as well. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we... Actually, no, we're not getting into wrestling Yeah, let's not get into the grap-up. Yeah. We're going to have a couple of grap-ups in the next couple of months, so... Likely, this. likely. Um... Yeah, so that that was the Christmas. Where... Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything, because, you know, it's been a fair oh, few weeks. Oh, I've got my PlayStation back. 
Yeah, no one uh, cares about that. But, yeah, they do. They, they, oh, it's been a no. roller coaster ride. Um, yeah, the last we left off, my PlayStation broke for a second time, but I got it back despite a brief detour it made to Germany mm. uh, on the way to me. But it's it's back and it's working, so that's that's pretty much Good. my only other. But it's it's not uh, a fixed PlayStation; it's just a new PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, they they replaced <laughs> it. They kept their word this time, and they replaced it. Yeah. So that's that's yeah, nice that's of them. My other news. Shall we just launch into the video games, my friend? Oh, we'll go on then. Playing this week. Hey, check it out. I learned the baseline from Final Fantasy 2. Scott, you are the salt of the earth. Well, thanks. I meant scum of the earth. Thanks. Mark, the Picross bug. It's bitten you. Yeah, well, before that, actually, um, I'll talk a little bit about SteamWorld Dig okay. 2, because um, I got for Secret Santa, uh, a friend of mine gave me uh, 15 quids worth of Nintendo's finest eShop credit, <laughs> which was spent on SteamWorld Dig 2, because it was 25% off, so it worked out perfectly. Um, I didn't play SteamWorld Heist, but I played the original SteamWorld Dig mm-hmm. way back on uh, on 3DS or DS one of the two and i really liked it pretty simple concept um you're this robot in this kind of um wild west environment with a little bit of a steampunk uh, shtick kind of wedged on the side um and it's it's a little bit a little bit kind of metroidvania um where it, it is sort of open world but you do have a fixed path of, of sorts um and you have uh, kind of a large area that you can dig down at, um, and along the way you come across enemies and gems and you collect the gems and then you can send them back up or you go back to the surface uh, to trade in those gems for more money and then you can get different upgrades for your axe uh, and, and other abilities. And so SteamWorld Dig 2 is very much along the lines of that. Um, I don't, I, I genuinely don't remember a lot about the first game in terms of uh, story or narrative. But this certainly seems to make more of an effort, from what I can, from what I can remember, to uh, play more along with the narrative. Um, you know, the, there's this fully kind of fleshed out world with characters and motives, um, and there's a couple of like different towns and these living environments with these people, um, and the, you know they have different things to say as the game progresses. So it's it's all surface level stuff, but like. I prefer it being there than not being yeah, there. Um, and I remember uh, Gerstmann made a point to to point out that the the town music um, uh, in the kind of main overworld part of the game uh, is really cool, really chilled out, and it is. And uh, I'd recommend going to listen to it. The overall soundtrack is is fairly solid. Nothing overly remarkable, but very much enjoyable. Um, and yeah, so, you know, you, you do the same thing really that you do in the original, you dig down, you have to deal with enemies, um, and there are different ways that you can approach enemies and they have different ways that they'll attack you. So you can use just your pickaxe, but at some point you get, um, a a gun of sorts that uses water as a kind of a, like a pressure powered sort of weapon. Um, but then you have to recharge that at some point as you run out of water, uh, there's like a jackhammer which uh, will get you through m- more uh, solid rock um, and you can kind of dig through further at a quicker rate but that also uses water and at some point that empties so you have to find like pools of water um, and it's uh, yeah so you, you kind of have to pick what way you what weapon you want to use to try and traverse around the environment 
um, you need to try and plan ahead because you can only dig up or to the side one tile at a time so if you dig up a tile then you're not going to be able to you can't jump and swing your pickaxe mm-hmm. so like if you see uh, some gems to the side that are like two tiles up and you've just dug up one tile to, or dug down one tile too far you're going to have to make your way back up and then come down from a different route right. and as you play through it you pick up um, like a, a grappling hook um, and you have the ability to wall jump as well or wall climb um, so you know as you get kind of like with other metroidvania type games as you get further and you get more weapons like your actual ability to traverse around the environment becomes really enjoyable because you just kind of fling yourself across the environment mm-hmm. a lot quicker um and so it's very much one of those kinds of games where like areas that you were at the start where they take quite a while to get around by the end of the game you're just flying all over the place uh so that's really cool and uh yeah, like if I had played it early in the year when it came out, I I think it would have been a top ten game for me pretty easily. Mm. Uh, just yeah, really. Shame we didn't get around to it on time, kind of. Shame we didn't get around to it in time, but really enjoyed it. So, like, if you got a Switch, it's twenty quid. I think it, it's normal price, and it's really really worth checking out. Um, and then for the last couple of weeks, I've just been playing Picross absolutely nonstop. This is the same Picross S that uh, I, I talked about a couple of months ago. Correct. So my only actual interaction with Picross, um, other than this one, is actually the Picross that is in uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver. Mm-hmm. Which, because that was the only way, if I remember, to get a Porygon 2 or a Porygon in that game was to get like the most amount of coins that you could only get by playing just a shit ton of Picross. But it was actually kind of really enjoyable as well. Yeah. Um and yeah, I got I got super addicted to that. You remember when I had my uh my moment when I first came to Ireland. When you were playing five different versions of Pokemon at the same time. Yeah, I was only playing the gold and silver version just to play the Picross game. Mm. That was it. Uh and I you know I can't really say much you, in hindsight, did you have a breakdown? Is that what that was? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. I'll see on the other side of it. A, but a real controlled breakdown. Yeah, a very you know? specific targeted breakdown. Yeah. Like, I imagine my midlife crisis will be along those lines as well. Very just controlled <laughs> and specific. Some people buy sports cars, you just crack the DS out. Yeah, you know. Um, and yeah, there's not a lot I can say, because having now played it, I, I do agree with pretty much everything that you said when you had your review of Picross S. Mm. Uh, I really like the UI. It's just so simple and clean. And it's a Picross game, so you don't want anything more than yeah. that, you know. Um, I, I after about 30 seconds, I'd already turned the music off. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite repetitive, would be the way to put it. Um, but it's perfect for, you know, having a crack in a podcast open or whatnot. Um, and yeah, it's I, I've only quick had a quick go at Mega Picross mm-hmm. and um it's quite scary. I'm not quite yeah, ready yeah, to quite. just get through the normal Picross. Just want to get through the normal Picross first. Um but it's it's also a game or, or Picross itself is one of those things that the more you play it, and it sounds obvious, but the more you play it, the more you pick up little tactics and because when you first look at like a fifteen by fifteen grid um, and for anyone that has never played Picross before, uh, the idea is that you have a whole bunch of numbers on the left-hand side and, and, and at the top, and you have to uh, correctly identify which of, like, say there's 10 squares going down, there'll be like a 5 and a 1, and you have to get the a chain of 5 um, of these 
10 squares uh, correctly implemented and you, you kind of fill them in effectively yes. and then there'll it's be it's not a massively dissimilar concept from sudoku no it's it's along the same lines yeah yeah you're using numbers and filling grids but not quite in the same way yeah um, but you have to actually predict, and I don't know if this is what they always do across, probably not, but uh, at the end of uh, when you complete the puzzle, it will actually show the grid um, with all the squares filled in represents an actual image in a kind of pixel art style, uh, which is a cool little feature as well. Um, and you, yeah, you pick up kind of tricks along the way, because when you first start with a 5x5 five five grid, you can pretty much just, with blind luck and brute force you can, yeah you can brute force early on in the game but by the time you get to the 15 by 15 grids you really have to take the time to kind of accurately predict sometimes do a little bit of guesswork but mm-hmm. like if you're at the top and you can see because it gives you the, the the option for um most of the puzzles to automatically fill in one bar going upwards or one bar going across and if you use that and if you get like um, say the second or third bar from the top that gets filled in. If you look along sideways, if you see that there's uh, a column that, uh, or a number like f- f- four squares will have to be filled in, and you can already see that there's like a cross which has been kind of says right, there is definitely no square here, and that's like two from the top. Mm-hmm. You can then automatically cross out the rest for that column. Yeah, one of the one of the things I find very handy in that game. Uh, as opposed to like if you were doing it on a piece of paper, is being able to hit the is a Y to do the outline of a square. Yeah. To remind yourself that right, it's possible that that square is supposed to be one. Mm. So say you've got like, um, if you've got a ten by ten grid, and you know that in one column eight of them the, the number eight is there so you know eight in a row are all supposed to be filled and so you in, can fill in but at you least don't like know six. at what point it starts at so yeah. you can fill in the six in the middle yep. and then highlight the two on either side so that you can leave it and come back later when you've solved stuff around it that figures it out so i you. never use the the option to kind of fill in like potential ones yeah. i just focus on crossing out ones that i definitely know uh, are not well, available I do, I do both as i go yes yeah, like, i know it can't be that one but it could possibly be that see one. i i don't like the the, the grid getting too busy uh, so i like to try and keep as much out as possible mm. um and this i like to keep it definite right this is definitely not what definitely is yeah. um uh yeah it's it's picross you know yeah, yeah. If you need a little kind of puzzle game, it, it's it's perfect on the go for like ten minutes of play. You know, uh, it's it's really good in the Switch. Mm-hmm. Funny that, isn't so, it? So yeah, that's me. What about you? Um, I have been playing the main thing I've been playing since the New Year. There's a lot of kind of going back now that I've got a PlayStation again and just playing stuff I've already played. But the one new game that I've played and I've actually completed now is uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm. So Life is Strange Before the Storm is it's not. The, the original Life is Strange was made by Don't Nod um, and published by Squeenix. But this version was outsourced. This is the, the prequel to the Life is Strange story. And it was done by a crowd called Deck Nine. Uh, not using the the same voice actors. It's, well, there's only a couple of uh, ones who cross over. So... The voice actress who plays Chloe Price, who is the, you know, the kind of punky looking girl from the first one. Because you've seen some of Life is Strange, haven't you? Yeah. Um, the, the punky looking girl from the first one, she's the main character, the playable character in Before the Storm, the prequel. 
Um, it's a different voice actress for her, but it's not because it's a couple of years earlier. It's not so noticeable that it would annoy you. Mm-hmm. And people were wary coming into this. It's like, right, there's two problems here. One, it's not the same people making it. And um, the the other concern then would be that... Uh, so you remember, you, you sat in with me for a part of my Let's Play, didn't you? For Life is Strange, the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the main... Me- I, I think I saw, like, the first two episodes. Yeah, so the main mechanic in there is Max's rewind power, allowing you to kind of consult or, you know, see what what kind of branching paths there could be and what effect they might have, and then you decide which course of action you want to go with and proceed on from there so a lot of people had the concern that without the the time rewind mechanic is it just kind of another kind of boring walking simulator and um this before before the storm makes one good makes one really good decision from the start mark and that's instead of having like five or six chapters like your standard kind of telltale game or whatever this is only three chapters now, each of them is slightly longer than an episode of the original Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say you get about 90 minutes, depending on how much you want to kind of skip or explore. About 90 minutes, we'll say, to two hours uh, if you're really turning over everything um, per episode. Um Early on in chapter one, I wasn't necessarily sold on it. I think some of the some of the criticisms we had of the original Life is Strange really come out hard in it, and that's the kind of like the, the trite hipstery kind of feel and the um, teens or tweens speaking in a way that I'm not necessarily sure actual people ever spoke that way, uh, let alone in 2010 in Oregon. Um, but the more time you spend with it, once you get past maybe the first 45 minutes to an hour, you start remembering why you liked Life is Strange the first time. And it isn't because of the time rewind mechanic. Um, it's because of the characterization. Uh, it's because of the setting. It's because of Arcadia Bay. Um, and you start to remember why you like Chloe because she's she seems on the face of it in the original game uh, at the start like just this angry uh, stereotypical angry teenage girl but you get to learn a lot more about her and see what's behind all that and um, you remember why you liked her in the first place and one of the things that happened like Life is Strange is several years old now so spoilers for the original Life is Strange but you know that her dad died in a car accident mm-hmm. um, and you become quite intimately familiar with that story in the first game because there's a part where you max jumps all the way back to the day it happened and has the opportunity to stop it from happening but an even worse potential future plays out if she keeps the father alive um so you know the father dies in a car crash and that kind of adds several layers of complexity to chloe's character um because this is a prequel this is set only i think nine or ten months or maybe a year or two, I, I don't know, not too long after uh, the father has died and the, the, the soon-to-be stepfather, David, the guy who's the security guy in the school and the one we were playing, uh, he's just started to go out with the mother and, you know, the, the process of him moving into the house is happening. So you get to... What it is is, Mark, I, I said this on Twitter at the time, and it's a prequel that if when I, when I saw that it was coming... My immediate thought was, I, I didn't need the prequel. Because I thought Life is Strange does a good enough story of giving you the the, the, 
the explanations of the characters and their motivations and stuff like that I wasn't crying out for a prequel as much as I was kind of curious as to what they might do with a sequel mm-hmm. that said the fact that they have done it and the way it came out and the way Deck Nine have handled it I think it's in, it, they did an incredibly good job of colouring in some of the edges of these characters it it gives you you remember the missing girl from the first game Rachel Amber that Chloe's always talking about yeah so the game completely revolves around their relationship uh, how they become friends uh, and that kind of whole dynamic that gives you it makes you understand so much more than you ever could have just playing the original Life is Strange. What an utterly shattering experience it was for Chloe when Rachel Amber went missing. Um, you get filled in a little bit more on how she is roughly the same age. She's a little bit older than Max in the first game, but for some reason isn't in school. She's expelled for some reason that isn't really alluded to in the first game. In the first game, You see how she gets expelled in this game. Yeah. Um, her relationship with her mother, with the stepfather, as I say, uh, the little psycho kid, uh, the little psycho rich kid whose name uh, escapes me at the moment. I'm fine with psycho from rich the kid. first one. You know the guy who pulls the gun yeah, in with the bathroom. The, gun. Yep, the yep, first yep. one. Um, you get to see him when he's not as, but like it's the start of him starting to get ostracized sure. and and introverted and stuff like that. There's a few more characters they introduced that weren't in the first one. Um, I think there's an incredible. Uh, arc with Rachel Amber's father who's the district attorney uh, that's really really interesting what they do there um, you get a little bit more depth on <laughs> the relationship between Chloe and the guy who lives in the RV who sells her pot who's a really angry dude mm-hmm. um, y- you get to see a little bit more of their kind of like association and yeah it's just really it, and uh, sorry it's just it's really good at filling in the kind of edges of that whole world realizing that world a bit more making it feel a bit more lived in uh and the other thing i'm very happy that they did is that they didn't try to replace the time rewind MacGuffin with another MacGuffin that would have just felt silly and forced it's just it plays out like just an interactive narrative um, there's different things you can do uh, throughout it uh, where you, you have to make decisions, but you have to just live with the decision. You can't rewind and see where the other path would have taken you. But I think the game does a really good job of communicating with you what the potential fallout would be of the road not taken. So you're you feel relatively informed uh, making each kind of decisive moment uh, in before the storm. Uh, definitely recommended for the Life is Strange fan. I don't know if it's going to win anybody over that wasn't on board with Life is Strange beforehand. I don't think that's what this game is for. Um, there's also going to be... It's on offer for January. That's how I got it. It's, I think it's only €15 Euro for the mm-hmm. whole season at the moment on the PlayStation Network. Um, and that's for the deluxe version, which will also get you the bonus episode that's coming out in a couple of months where you get to play a little bit as Max from the first game um, and it's being billed as kind of your chance to say goodbye to Max which is interesting because the tease for from last year uh, from Don't Nod was that they're going back to the Life of Strange universe and everyone assumed it was going to be more Chloe and Max but if you're going to be saying goodbye then maybe not but uh, yeah that's that's Life is Strange before the storm uh, recommended for the Life is Strange fan but probably not really anybody else cool um That's what we've been playing this week. Let's move on, Mark, to the news.
Kicking things off for 2018 with a bit of free game news. If you've got the, the old discs rattling around in your box uh, from the Xbox 360 days, Driver San Francisco and Far Cry 2 are now available on Xbox One via backwards compatibility. Uh, Sniper Elite V2 as well is on that list. Um, decent couple of games there, Mark. Um, you, you're a Driver guy, aren't you? You like Driver back in the day. Um, I didn't play... Uh, Driver San Francisco. That was the one that was they advertised based on the like, oh, we really tried to recreate parts of San Francisco very faithfully in this yeah. game, wasn't it? Um I remember playing the original drivers back in the day on the PlayStation and uh, they were kind of like the real first attempts at they were kind of the the catalyst for what like the three D Grand Theft Auto games would become. Yeah. Effectively in some mm-hmm. ways. Um I would imagine they haven't aged particularly well. But yeah, I, I like those games a lot. And then Far Cry 2, which is... Um, which some people say is the best Far Cry game. Uh, Brian. Yeah, be Brian. One of those people. <laughs> I texted him today about this. He did do this as a book club while you were in China. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, Has he bought an Xbox One yet? He has. He's had one for ages. Has he? Yeah, he's had one for like a year or so. Oh, I'm... Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had one for a long time, and he has all his character slots on the division and Fallout on that console as well, uh, lock, uh, maxed out. But uh, Far Cry Two, yeah, which is a bit of a like it's a it's a real the the Eurogamer article describes it here as a Marmite sequel, which is like, and it's true because there are people like Brian who advocate for it as one of, if not the best Far Cry game. And there are people who really don't like it and don't think that the Far Cry series really hit its stride until three. Um, but all of those now are available on Xbox 360 backwards compatibility. So you can either dig out the disc if you had it before, or you can do what I did when Red Dead came out on it and go onto the Microsoft Store on your laptop, buy it, and the digital copy will pop up in your library on Xbox One, uh, whichever way you prefer. So get on that, people. Speaking of games from the past coming back, Mark, this one might be up your straza. Burnout Paradise HD is being rumoured quite heavily for this year see i didn't really get on with burnout paradise really well not so much that i didn't get on with it i only played it briefly mm. um but i the, the the open world aspect of it i couldn't be bothered with like i preferred the right here's one level it like with the burnout three and burnout four just here's one level here's the next level here's the next level the the faffing around in between in Burnout Paradise didn't bother with I didn't bother with. Mm. Um I would definitely go back to it yeah. to see if my opinion on that has changed. So I'm certainly on board with them doing a HD remaster of it. So uh the the rumors are it's popped up on uh Japanese retailers and Brazilian retailers as these games often do when their dates leak. Uh, setting them up for a March 2018 release. Uh the price appears in both territories to be roughly 25 pounds sterling which would be kind of in line with, with some HD remasters. Uh, EA have been asked for comment on the, the rumours and have said nothing to that effect, as you would expect. Uh, moving on, speaking of uh, stuff that be coming out, uh, we kicked off the year. This is the kind of time of year, Mark, where there's going to be a lot of kind of, not the big tentpole releases for the year, but... Platform holders are going to try and kick off the year in style with, hey, we got a bunch of stuff coming out this year, so you might want to pick up that console on the January sales. Uh, Nintendo, after kind of 
weirdly teasing for a, a day or two that they were going to do a Nintendo Direct dropped a Nintendo Direct Mini last week. Yeah, everyone kind of went mental over this. Mm. Just like, is it happening? Is it happening? Yeah, like people were getting really excited about it. And I don't know what they thought was going to be announced, but like there was a couple of decent ones here. And the, the headline for a lot of people in here, although it isn't something that necessarily appeals to either of us, the, the headline in there is that the Dark Souls Remastered edition is going to be coming to switch now it's also coming to xbox one and ps4 but obviously from software decided to uh announce it through this nintendo direct um people very happy about this one um not for me and i think maybe it could be problematic for people to be able to play dark souls on a console that you would be very easily able to throw on a wall if you were frustrated (laughs) uh yeah yeah, interested to see how that one runs as well. I imagine that's one you're going to want the Pro Controller for and not the, the Joy-Cons because of the fury and fervor with which you'll be hitting buttons to try and not die. Uh, yeah, speaking of Fury, Fury's on the Switch. Fury, what was it? Fury and Meat Boy and dropped Meat on Boy. the same day? Yeah. A very Mark Robinson day on the oh, Switch. That tell was. you what, and I, I remain strong. I didn't purchase either. Because uh, it was like, I have Super Meat Boy on two different platforms. Yeah. I really don't need it on a third. I picked up a couple of um, Switch games over the Christmas uh, that I haven't touched yet. They're just for when I'm like traveling around or when I need multiplayer stuff. Multiplayer, I picked up Overcooked. Uh, I still need to give Overcooked a go. Apparently fixed the frame rate on that. Okay, that was the one thing that helped me off mm. from getting that. Because uh, the Switch seems like the pl- perfect platform to, to play that. Um, I just want to go back uh, just to the one thing there and just point out that I still think Dark Souls is a bad game. And so I will <laughs> not be purchasing this on the Switch. So, yep. And uh, also, I picked up the Sexy Brutal. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that was another game I heard a lot about last year mm. that I didn't get around to. Um, speaking of games heading to the Switch, uh, we're getting some Wii U ports. Yes, we are. Which, I mean, let's be honest, doesn't really come as a surprise. No, uh, but I am an advocate of getting as many of these as possible so that I can just completely get rid of my Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> mate, mate, so far ahead of you. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah, yeah, but literally still, years ahead of you. There's still some games I really love on that thing that I'd like to be able to play, like like smash and stuff Dave, like let's be honest. How many times are you going to pop out the, the Wii U at this point now? I popped it out like a month ago. A month ago? Yeah, like when the when I was babysitting at my cousin's. Ah, smash and stuff like fair that. enough. Yeah, See, but it's you still know good it's for coming. The multiplayer stuff. You know it's coming at some point. Um, Wii U games headed uh, to the Switch. The two, the two here are Hyrule Warriors, which I never got on board with, but people seem to really like if you're into that Dynasty Warriors type Do game not play. get Dynasty Warriors. Um, and Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. I which do get Donkey I Kong. I'm very much in favour of. Uh, if you haven't played uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, it's bastard hard. Oh, yeah. It's real tough. I mean, you could even go back to the original trilogy, and they're not fucking easy games. <laughs> the original trilogy, is yeah. it? Oh. <laughs> they, they are worthy. Ain't nothing but a trilogy thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, even the the original three are fucking nightmare hard at points. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be I, cool. I will say this. I feel like it might be, if I got that game, that would be the game that I would have to get the Pro Controller for. Hmm. Um, You've said that about a couple of games recently. Yeah, I at some point I'm going to have to Meat get the Boy. Pro Controller. Meat Boy is definitely a game I'd need to get the Pro Controller for. Well, you've got a birthday coming up, so. It's true, yeah. Um, because I just... I don't know about you, but I, I can't use the D-pad on the Joy-Cons. 
Because where the, the analog stick is directly above see, it. The games you play and the games I play on the Switch, I haven't really had cause to use the D-pad that much. Um, we have. There's not many games that I have that you wouldn't have. Well, then I just don't use the D-pad. No, I don't use the D-pad. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, but... Oh, I thought you were saying that you do use it, but it's crap. No, I've, I tr- I've tried to use it, and I just yeah. I can't because the analog stick... Because where you have, you know, like on a, a normal controller, the analog stick is slightly to the left. Mm-hmm. So, like, the top, the, like, pressing up on the D-pad, you just knock into the analog stick every time because yeah. the analog stick is so, like, directly above it. Mm-hmm. And obviously it has to be because the idea is that you can turn it yeah. sideways and then use it as a, a kind of, like, 2D sort of controller. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's the one flaw with the Joy-Con that I have that I just I can't use the the D pad. A little bit more space. You'd be um, so yeah, that that's where I would have to use a Pro controller. Yeah. So hey, you know, at some point I'll get one. Um, we're also going to have uh, the ability to play as Funky Kong in the Tropical Freeze HD port. Uh, is that that's coming out the fourth of May? So I'll, I might pick up that game again. Um, I really liked that the first time. Uh, in spite of being incredibly frustrated, <laughs> uh, that came out like what was it like at the like the either the very last week of the year or the very start, uh, the very first week of the year it came out. It was I can't remember what it was. It was right around. It was a stupid time for a game to come out. I remember that. Um, speaking of Switch ports, the world ends with you is coming to Switch, which is a game, a real kind of culty game that I never played, but I think I might get on board. Here. I had it. Yeah. And I remember I was telling you about this. So there were two games, two kind of RPG games I had around the same time. That was one of them, and the other was the Sonic game by Bioware for the DS, which <laughs> I kind of it actually had more of an impression of me because I actually finished that one. Yeah. Because you know, obviously, me deep into my Sonic lore and whatnot. Of course. Um, I don't get that Ugandan knuckles thing. I don't know what <laughs> that is about. Um, obviously part of the lore, full on canon. Um, but yeah, the world ends with you. I. I liked the vibe of it, and that was round about the time when I was very much trying to kind of full-on get into um, anime, because some people seem to... Some people think that I like anime more than I do. Like, mm-hmm. when I do like anime, I'm really into it, like One Punch Man, yeah. DBZ, blah, Is blah, that, blah. like... Are you offended by that, by people <laughs> saying that you look like somebody who really likes anime? Possibly. That seems like it would upset you. It's like when someone <laughs> says, oh, you look like a wrestling fan. I'm not on board with that. I am a wrestling fan. I don't want to look like one. Yeah, well, if you'd stop wearing your Brimo t-shirt everywhere well, we go. this is true. This is a fair point. Hey, I like, I like Plaid, alright? She wears a lot of Plaid. Um, but yeah, it, it just mechanically, it was a bit... I don't know, limited, I guess is the way I'd look at it. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, from what I remember about that game and what I remember about the characters, 29-year-old me would fucking hate all of it. <clears throat> so we'll see. We'll see how the reviews come in. Yeah, it's uh, coming out at some point this year. It's going to have Joy-Con support and it's going to have an additional sizable new scenario that gets right to the heart of the story. Uh, the, this version being called The World Ends With You Final Remix. Uh, is it is it some sort of like is it ten years since that game came out or something? Um, I saw someone say that some sort of anniversary. For you're not. I got a laptop in front of me. You sure do. The world ends with you. Um, yeah, 2007. So over ten years. Um, 
Super Mario Odyssey is getting some new content, uh, getting a bit of a... Look, it's getting Luigi. All right. yeah. Super Mario Odyssey <laughs> will get a free update in February with a new mini game to play after you've finished the main story. Luigi's Balloon World sees you hiding or searching for balloons within the game's existing levels with leaderboards attached so you can see how you match up with others. When searching for balloons, you'd be looking for those hidden by others around the world, so good luck tracking down all the hidden spots you'll likely have missed. In addition to that, there will be three new outfits, including, amazingly, Mario's shades and shirt from Super Mario Sunshine. A musician suit and a suit of armour are also included. Four. And there's also going to be new snapshot mode filters. Yeah, sure. Um, so, that's... Are we no? Oh, yes. The real... The real star of the show for the Nintendo Mini Direct, the the bit that piqued the attention of Messrs. Robinson and Lazell, and that is the announcement of Mario Tennis Aces. Oh, yeah, yeah, by Camelot as well. Yeah, Camelot. uh, Yeah, it's not a port unlike some games announced at the Nintendo Direct, but a fresh project from longtime series developer Camelot. Interestingly, Aces has a story mode. Uh, Is that... I think I read that it's the first time a Mario Tennis game has had a story mode since the Game Boy Advance Mario Tennis. I mean, to be honest, when I think Mario Tennis, what I really mean is Mario Tennis 64. Uh-huh. Um, and that doesn't have a story mode, so, you know, maybe the others have, but I don't remember. Uh, so, it's tough to say from a first look, but are you excited about this? Oh, I mean... I enjoyed the, the neon night tennis look that one of the courts had. That's that's pretty cool. Look, I'm, I'm full on board with a, a Mario Tennis game for the Switch. I am right? fully so. on board with Waluigi's haircut in that trailer. Yeah. He's got the little bit of a quiff going to the side. He's, <laughs> he's loving life. Uh, we've also got a date, uh, our final bit of stuff from Nintendo here. We've also got a date on the... Uh, the Kirby game that's coming this year for Switch called Kirby Star Allies. So we have a proper name for it now. It's going to come out on March 16th. And I'm getting on board with that. I love me some Kirby, sir. I, I feel like there's always another Kirby game coming out. I, I really hope this is much closer to like Kirby Triple Deluxe than it was to what was the Wii U one that you didn't like? Was it Rainbow Curse? Uh, yes, it was the sequel. Canvas to... Curse is the good one. Yeah, so Rainbow, Rainbow Curse, Curse is the not good one. No, it wasn't I didn't like it. It was, it just, was just there. It was there. Yeah. Like the Wii U in general. So got, yeah, so we got Kirby. Kirby and Yoshi is coming. Yoshi and Cardboard is coming later this year. I don't know mm-hmm. what that game is going to be called. But yeah, 16th of March for Kirby Star Allies. Um, did Mario Tennis get it? Oh, yeah, Mario Tennis just got spring 2018. So it's yep. coming out relatively soon as well. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's it from the Nintendo Direct, I, I believe. I, I feel like at this point Nintendo have are just doubling down on like anything from our past that we know was a banger. Yeah. Get it on the Switch. And you know what? I'm having it. Sure. I'm having it. Um, a new UK studio has formed, uh, and it is from uh, ex-developers of Drive Club and MotorStorm. And you may say to yourself, Mark, I know exactly what game they're going to make, but you would be wrong, because they are going to be making a new sci-fi game. Mm. Uh, so, uh, a number of X-Drive Club and MotorStorm staff have reformed under a new Liverpool label, Wushu Studios. It's a new start for many of the team at Secret Sorcery, the small indie developer previously behind PlayStation VR god game Tethered. Wushu has added new talent as well. Former Mass Effect 3 concept artist Alex Figini has been brought on board, along with a certain internet-famous Mass Effect fan and industry insider Nate Nadja, who you may know better as NeoGaf and now Reset-era tri- tipster Shinobi. 
together, the studio is developing a sci-fi game based around a new IP and built using Unreal Engine 4. Work began on a prototype back in September of last year. Speaking to Eurogamer, Wushu founder and former Evolution and PlayStation game director Alan McDermott described the move from VR back to standard gameplay for your telly. Um, big long quote from him then. Um, this is cool. I like to see... Uh, people trying to break from what they know and do something different it recharges the batteries yeah. gives them a new focus look what happened to Guerrilla Games when they stopped making Killzone and did uh, Horizon Zero Dawn so uh, more I, power to them and a, UK, a big UK studio opening uh, also cool I, I was going to say like I, I don't usually play the UK card but like considering we've, we've had a couple of closures over the last couple of years yeah. uh, to see a new UK studio uh, come out uh, I'm always on board with so because you know, I, I know a lot of people in the games industry, and um, just the more opportunities that there are, there are for people, um, the, the better it is for, for them. So Exactly, the better it is for the whole scene, really. Of course, yeah. Uh, we got a couple of new looks at the um, multiplayer mode for Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley's creator, Eric Concerned Ape Barone, has offered another tantalizing glimpse of the game's upcoming very long-awaited online cooperative multiplayer mode. Uh, according to a new tweet by Barone, significant progress has been made in multiplayer, but it still needs some work, he said. Uh, the underlying code, network code is solid. It sounds like it's shaping up well, too. Being in the same room and yelling at each other about what to do next, or if anyone has any stone, is great fun. Can't wait to share this. Um, I believe he also had a tweet lately that the, the bonus content uh, is done. He's finished the, the whatever additional single-player stuff is in. And now it's just he's focusing on the, the multiplayer, getting that finished and getting it QA tested before they rock. But I think uh, a lot of developers will agree that if you're doing an online multiplayer mode, the net code is almost always the hardest thing to get perfect. Yeah. So uh, hopefully I, things to speed along very quickly now once he's got the net code straightened out. I, I will just say this, that when it comes to um, Stardew Valley... Yeah. Um, and this is by no means like um, uh, insulting or whatever, but like once it's actually out and it's released, then I will know that it's there because mm-hmm. because of the track record with Stardew Valley. And you know, this was a game that was developed by one person over a number of years, and the kind of delays and delays and delays. I, I once it's actually out, then it's yeah. out. You know, yeah. that that is what I will take for yeah. this game in particular. Yeah. So can we just have it now, please? Well, I mean, you know, when it will take ready, as long yeah, as it yeah, needs, yeah. but when it's ready, so. Um, interesting news coming out of France. Three separate French reports published uh, on the 14th of January level serious allegations of unhealthy studio culture at Quantic Dream, developer of Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and upcoming PS4 game Detroit Become Human. Quantic Dream leaders David Cage and Guillaume de Fondumer are accused of inappropriate behaviour, overworking staff, or and colluding in, or at least turning a bli- blind eye to, a schoolboy culture involving sexist and racist jokes. For their part, Gage and Fondomier uh, fiercely deny all allegations, saying they are very surprised and shocked by the rantings of former employees, according to Le Mans report. Uh, one particular area of contention is a cache of some 600 controversial photoshopped images dating back to 2013. Canard's PC, Canard PC's report has a header image with some of the photoshopped pictures in it. Media Pires is the third report. The most shocking images present Quantic Dream's collaborators in sexual positions adorned with homophobic or sexist slurs or even made up to look like Nazis, Le, said Le Mans report, translated here by Eurogamer. 
The photoshopped images were apparently sent in group emails around the company, including to recipients Cage and Defonomier, but it was only in early 2017 when the company's IT manager was the subject of a photoshopped image that the full cash was found and complaints around the subject were made. Cage and Defonomier uh, claimed not to have seen the worst images before then, only ones which were funny or more or less amusing. But this cache of controversial images became the jumping point uh, for a deeper look at life at Quantic Dream, a studio of 180 people, 83% of which are apparently male, and where there is reportedly a picture of a penis with farting testes on the wall. <laughs> I'm reading this because this, it keeps getting worse. Like, you're thinking to yourself as I'm saying this that, okay, this is pretty bad. What else could there be? And it does keep getting worse for a little bit, so bear with me here. Cage cool. particularly is painted as a figure who is hard to work with. He is apparently <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is apparently ironically nicknamed Papa or God or Sun King for his autocratic that's that's a is that a um Dark Souls reference? You're they do praise the sun. Fucking looking at me and asking that question. I'm thinking out loud, Mark. Alright. For his autocratic approach to working, for demanding long hours and for not listening to others. Cage is also accused of a lack of consideration for female colleagues and making insistent dirty jokes, smutty remarks in the presence of his wife and inappropriate remarks about actresses in his games. David Cage has a very particular viewpoint on how he runs his studio, which is his own, which in his own words he sees as a private or semi-private space, said one former employee. He feels he has the right to say whatever he wants because it's his place. Others have apparently witnessed homophobic or racist jokes. One incident involved a burglary caught on CCTV. After watching, Cage allegedly asked an employee of Tunisian origin, is that a cousin of yours? Cage said the allegations were ridiculous, absurd and grotesque. You want to talk about homophobia, he said. I work with Ellen Page, who fights for LGBT rights. You want to talk about racism, I work with Jesse Williams, who fights for civil rights in the USA. Judge me by I work. That is the classic, but my best friend is, is Black Defense. Yeah. Um, Quantic co-founder Guillaume de Fondemier is also targeted by former employees for sleazy behavior, such as allegedly hitting on staff at parties. I'll be extremely clear, it's absolutely false, responded de Fondemier. Uh, none of this happened at any evening event. Uh, and then there's an update to the story before I throw it to you here, Mark. Uh, the article previously translated uh, a passage of French report to say he was accused of pushing kisses on staff parties, but the translation is incorrect. Um, Quality Dream also... Uh, formally issued a statement yesterday in response to reports. I'll read that statement now. Uh, articles published yes, uh, today level various allegations against Quantic Dream, its management and employees. We categorically deny all of these allegations. Quantic Dream filled a complaint several months ago and further complaints will follow. Uh, we invite interested parties to read the responses of our employment representatives and health and safety committee to questions submitted by journalists prior to publication. Inappropriate conduct and practices have no place. Quantic dream we have taken and always will take such grievances very seriously. We value every single person who works at Quantic Dream. It is of utmost importance to us that we maintain a safe environment that allows us to channel our shared passion for making video games. Mark. It's a lot to take in there. Okay, so... Now, the concept of uh, Quantic Dreams being a studio where people work long hours and overworked, I mean, that's just an industry-wide issue. Mm-hmm. Um, of the, the issues that we have here that are specifically about Quantum Dream, that's not the most egregious one. Uh, that's just, yeah, that's an industry-wide thing, and that needs to be looked into further just overall. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the accusations of... Um, suspected like sexual abuse or, or, or harassment 
you know, it's that that can of worms across all industries has just fucking been opened, and like there is no stone that is going to be left unturned at this point and good you know goes without saying um sunlight shine on the bastards yeah now has to be said um a studio or a developer that had a game which had uh an unused uh nude model of uh ellen page Mm -hmm. um that was left that was left in the game code for this to be kind of these accusations coming out color me surprised yeah you know, well, the, the the fact that always makes me laugh about that—that that it isn't actually even her naked body—is that they created a fake naked body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they then didn't properly hide in the code that people then took. Like that's the kind of Photoshop thing where you take a famous person and then put like a porn star's body on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's the kind of level of fucking maturity we're dealing with here. Um, but it, to the uh, the autocratic nature of the way he runs, does any of that surprise you? It, it doesn't surprise no. me really. Fuck no. I, I think not just with David <laughs> Have you Cage. Heard him talk. I think not just with David Cage, but I think with any of these kind of like auteur figures in gaming any of these guys who like the studio is them yeah in a, in a respect like i i imagine similar stories of like kind of harsh working long hours and the book stopping at that one guy you could hear from people who've probably worked with kojima or anyone really who's that kind of strong a personality in their own games yeah um so that part in particular does not surprise me that's yeah for sure um None of this surprises me. And yeah, the 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 ham-handed approach to being sensitive about other people's concerns uh, certainly smacks of the way some things have been treated in Quantic Dream games. Uh-huh. You know, in a, oh, I know what this issue is about, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, so, you know, we'll wait and see what the fallout is. Um, I, I don't know whether there will be fallout or it'll just be, hopefully people will... will think twice about going to work for them yeah um i don't know you know i guess we'll see uh what it's like in terms of people engaging with david cage and and contact dreams with like e3 and other kind of big events um the 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 thing that you pointed out there about hey i'm not racist because i know black people (laughs) it's it's not really a strong case or argument you know it's such a bad defense that it's the joke defense, and yet he's using it as a legit defense. Yeah. So, you know, it's wow. Yeah. Tone deaf, I think, yeah. to say the least here. Uh, our last story of the week, Mark, is a bit happier. Um, Theme Hospital. We talked about this story at the end of the year that there was rumors that a spiritual successor for Theme Hospital was on the way. And there is, uh, I want to commend the Eurogamer story on this, firstly, for having the sub headline, Heel Turn which is a great one. <laughs> uh, and the opening line here, which says, there's a new comedy take on hospital management in the works, and no, it doesn't star Jeremy Hunt. Two Point Hospital is very much a spiritual successor to Bullfrog's beloved 1997 classic theme hospital. There are cartoony, wide-jawed characters, comedic ailments, and hopefully an annoying voiceover PA system. Uh, remember, bloaty head syndrome, Two Point Hospital has light head- headedness where your head is replaced by a light bulb. Uh, it's not the only hospital se- uh, theme sim in the works. Back in November, um, there was Project Hospital announced, which I think is the one we were talking about, which is a fairly st- kind of somber, well, not somber, but fairly kind of straight-arrowed approach to the genre rather than the silly stuff. Uh, so there's a trailer and there's a couple of kind of uh, shots from what the game is going to look like. And yeah, it looks like Theme Hospital. Mm-hmm. 
remind me, were you a theme hospital guy? Uh, I wasn't actually. Uh, so, <laughs> a common trend I seem to have with quite a few of my girlfriends is they all played theme hospital back in the day and all really liked it. Mm. But uh, I had theme park, so very much on with the the, the bullfrog uh, stamp of approval with the original theme park. Uh, and you know, I was championing uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon last year, the yeah. mobile. Um, but yeah, I you know, I'd look at this. Um, it's supposed to be airs late twenty eighteen. Yep. Uh, Sega is picking it up to publish it. So yeah, you know, Sega are pretty smart in terms of the not so much sometimes the development side of things, they, but like as a publishing branch, they're yeah. they're they're on board. They know what they're doing. Yeah, so uh, we get to play some more uh, kind of silly hospital sims by the end of the year, and that's that's cool. Keeping cool. that genre alive. Uh, that's going to do it for the news this week. Uh, so we're going to launch into what we're doing this week instead of the book club, uh, and that is to gaze into the crystal ball uh, as we do our very first annual predictacular. Woo! Yo! tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Ralph, are you almost finished? I finished before we came in. <sighs> right, Mark, how do you want to do this? Will we do... I do one, you do one. Yeah. Go back and forth. Yeah, yeah, that's... Um, we've got... We've got three each that we've written down here, so we won't be here too long talking about it. I'm thinking... We give ours and uh, kind of give rationale behind why we've we've made this guess. This Mm -hmm. is kind of like they could be real moonshot guesses or stuff based on just gut feelings or or what have you. Um, Mark, I'll give you the office first. Okay. Let you go up. So um, I'm going with one that isn't... Bear in mind, I I only told Mark we're going to do this like two minutes before we started. So these are real like... These aren't research takes. No. So this first one isn't specifically kind of video game focused, but mm-hmm. um, it still does involve the video game industry to, to some degree. I'm not saying that what will happen will be directly involved with the video game industry, but there is a chance it could be. I think this will be the year where uh, a known YouTube figure of some description could be video game related could be like a loose tie uh we'll go to jail oh okay because as far as i'm aware it hasn't happened yet um I, I can't think of like anyone related with say the csgo uh fiasco any of that none in the gaming space anyway I no don't. so I'll, I'll be more specific then someone within the gaming Did space that guy, the minecraft guy who turned out to be like a massive pedo go to prison I, you know what? There have been so many scandals, I don't even remember which that one That was is. before, like, even CSGO. It was one of the kind of, like, kid-focused Minecraft YouTubers oh, turned Jesus. out to be, like, grooming uh, people online. Oh. I don't want to say who it was, because I can't remember who it was, and I don't want to say the wrong one. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, certainly coming out of this this Paul Logan fucking fiasco. Logan now, Paul. Logan Paul, sorry, whatever his fucking name is. Now, I don't think he did anything... Paul Logan sounds like a 90s action star. Sure. He would have been a supporting character in Starship Troopers. Uh, Now, I don't think he did anything that was directly... um, Illegal. Illegal. No. No, he was just being a massive cunt. Yeah. Um, But I do think that that... And, you know, everything with with PewDiePie over the last uh, 12 months... 
his brother was uh, violating a lot of public ordinance laws because he had this big party house where they were just yeah. like, ruining the neighborhood. Oh, they, they just sound like awful Jake people. Paul, I think his, his name is. Um, but I do think that one of those figures will will get some sort of felony and will serve some sort of jail time. Although, have you watched the, the not just the suicide part, but have you watched the other stuff they did in those Japanese I, videos? I, I saw a brief so clip that, of like, just them. In some countries, that the stuff they were doing would be hate crime. Yeah. They were going and throwing pokeballs at Japanese people trying to catch them. Yes, they were just being generally obnoxious, throwing fish awful, at them and stuff. Fucking just the worst type of people. Yeah. You know? Because I saw some people, or I, I read... They <laughs> were um, throwing you in prison for being a fucking jeb. Yeah. Like, just for being an arse. Like, I, I'd be reading um, news... Uh, news press uh, articles and whatnot about this and a lot of them would all say uh oh uh logan paul who has uh, a particular style that is either influenced by or has similarities to the old jackass style sort of format it's like no 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 like jackass would certainly like play with the public but they would never either a use anything that was any kind of racially insensitive or um anything that you would deem as like a hate crime like yeah. they play pranks obviously yeah. um but generally like rather than like most of the time rather than on the public on each other while the public were there yeah Didn't and also I, because jackass was an mtv any person who would appear on that you would presume would have to sign off some sort of disclosure to say hey i am yeah. okay being appearing on tv yeah that's not going to be the case with anything on youtube mm. you know um so even Jackass, for as fucking extreme as they would go, yeah. still had like levels they had, or you know there were crosses and ticks that had to be signed at certain points. Mm. Um, so you know that kind of pissed me off. Not just because I'm defending Jackass because I watched it back in the day, but it you know there is still a line there that they didn't cross. That just you watch like ten seconds of this clip of them in Japan, and you're like, no, you're just awful people. You're just genuinely <laughs> awful people. You know, yeah. um, so sadly it won't be him that'll be going as far as I'm aware. But yeah, I, I, I just think that um, as there's more eyes and more awareness on these the, the the YouTube space and these people, and seeing that you've seen like what YouTube have done today about oh you need to be over a thousand subscribers to start earning money, which is uh, like. It's, uh... Oh god, there's some like several thousand hours watched in the last twelve months to be monetized. Yeah, and it's like so. Wait, so instead of just punishing Logan Paul, you are now like any kind of small scale uh, YouTube people like they're fucked, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I guess I can make this kind of a two part, although they are very separate things. Where they, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like another platform like YouTube kind of come up. And I know there have been uh, attempts at this and there are stuff like Vimeo as well. But I, I definitely could see like another uh, platform service will, will really try and make a push in 2018 uh, to be um, you know, a viable contender, a rival to YouTube and just not completely fucking out of their minds and stupid as well. So, yeah. But specifically going with Someone from YouTube who is of some notoriety will go to jail. My first prediction for the year, and it's one that's a little bit hopeful for me, is that a AAA studio, unnamed, I'm not going to nail it down because I, cu- I, I, cu- I couldn't possibly, 
will attempt to sell a new game in the North American market for more than 60 US dollars. Okay. Someone is going to flirt with breaking the $60 model for the this is this is the blowback from the loot box car crash that was the end of 2017 that there's going to be toes dipped in water about what are the alternate revenue streams to this entirely toxic form of trying to wring pennies out of people that someone's going to go maybe $70 maybe up to $80 and just see what happens at some point in 2018 it may not be it may be something big like a Call of Duty where changing the money by 10 or $15 isn't going to affect the demand for it that much because people are already pot committed to the franchise mm-hmm. or it could be something that's like uh, even if the sales take a hit we don't care because it's not our big kind of tentpole feature for the year but I think at some stage in 2018 uh, a AAA studio is going to try and market a game in the US for more than $60 for the standard edition see the interesting thing about this um, there was a report I saw it might have been yesterday uh, that had like the financials for the video game industry last year mm-hmm. and it's fair to say they did okay you know yeah. a lot of money was made um, which and I'm sure at some point we'll see you know Jim Sterling will do a video about that mm-hmm. um, I do think that coming out of the backlash from um, the whole Star Wars Battlefront 2 loot box fiasco. Uh, I do think that we'll see, I'd like to see, um, developers and more specifically publishers will be uh, not as egregious and not as just fucking disgusting with the ways that they implement loot boxes into games. Um, Like, I'm... I'm not completely against the concept of loot boxes, but, you know, to make them, like, a forefront mechanic in a game for unlocking, like, actual mechanics within the game, uh, as we've seen with, like, what's happening with the new UFC game from EA, you know, that kind of nonsense is just fucking unacceptable. Like, throw away hats and costumes and whatnot, I couldn't care less, um, and skins and whatever. So... Likely, what will be one of the ways to work around that is, yeah, you're probably right. One of the publishers out there is going to say, fuck it, let's raise the the price by $10 or whatever. Um, yeah, I, it's... You know, we've seen everything from season passes to online passes to loot boxes to DLC um, to, to pre-order incentives... I, I guess the next step is just raise the price by $10. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing. Will they raise the price by $10 and take away online passes, season passes, DLC, well, not DLC, um, loot boxes, blah, 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 and just focus on raising it by $10? Or will they raise it by $10 and still all have that bullshit in there as well? Uh, I think they'll still have like season passes and DLC um, because those, I think, whether justified or not, have long been accepted by people on the publisher and the consumer side as being separate to the actual core game. The season pass and the DLC are for bonus stuff that wasn't supposed to be included in the game. That's what people even when it's not true, people have just come to accept that as the case. Hmm. Um, 
but I think it could be pay ten dollars more at the till and we won't have like Star Wars levels of intrusive loot boxing. Do you know? Yeah. Um, stuff that makes it that makes it a less rewarding experience for you to not put loot box money into the game to put, to do microtransactions. I think that's the stuff that gets trimmed out. That's the 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 kind of the devil's bargain. Pay more up front, pay less later, you know. Okay. Um your prediction, your second prediction. Uh my second prediction. I also have at the end I'm going to finish this off but I found uh, Jason Schreier uh, his list of predictions from Kotaku for this year. Okay. Uh, so I'll read them out. Uh, this I don't think is a particularly hot take, but um, but I do think it will happen. Is that we will see um, one of the big online shooters or one of the big online multiplayer games will release a battle royale, a la Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Mm. Oh, um, we're gonna get. They are coming. They're going to be the new zombie game. Like everyone's for- going to do one. Fortnite have hit over what, like forty million players or something insane like that is there even a chance call of duty doesn't have a battle royale mode yeah um do you know what do do you know what i actually of all the games i can think of off the top of my head what i would be full on fully on board with with a battle royale mode rocket league (laughs) yes (laughs) gears of war yeah if gears of war 5 because let's be honest Gears of War 5, like, we'll probably play it, and we'll probably have the same reaction of Gears of War 4 of, yeah, it's Gears of War. Gears of War. Yeah. If they have a Battle Royale mode, that, I, I'd i be fine with that. Yeah. That would be a thing that, I'm not going to buy an Xbox One for it, mm-hmm. but I will come around to yours and say, hey, let's play some Battle Royale mode of Gears of War. So, yeah, I mean, do you think that has to happen, right? That um, everybody's going to do one. That everyone's oh, going to yeah, do one. I don't know specifically about Gears of War, but everyone. No, I'm not saying Gears of War, but um... two years from now, we will be absolutely sick to fucking death of battle royale. Yeah, because here's the thing, right? Because like Fortnite came out, and I didn't really hear much far about it. It was just like, oh, look, there's Fortnite. The the people who do them this year, who put significant thought into their their battle royale modes, will be the people who saw what. PUBG was doing early. Yeah. The people who waited until it became the most popular game on Steam, we won't see their rip-offs until next year, probably. Okay. The, but the people who bet early that this was a fundamental shift in multiplayer shooter, we'll see their attempts at it this year. We've already seen Fortnite. I, I Again, I would be shocked if Call of Duty doesn't have it this year. And if they don't have it, only because they ran out of time. <laughs> not because they didn't want to do it. Um, My second prediction is that Red Dead Redemption will release in the summer and if I must nail it down to a month I will say June you've not really the hottest of takes well we'll see I mean yeah like they uh, Red Dead no saying it will release this year is not a hot take but it will release this year yeah but picking a month is uh, you can do better than that you can be bolder than that first half of June We'll just say first half of the year. I'll say first half of June. First half of June. You've been very specific there. Well, you said. Yeah, but that's, again, that's still not a hot take. I, like, you're just randomly guessing a month. I don't know. It's, all right, fine, sure. I, I can I can reconsider and come back. Yeah, I just, I think it's just a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit weak. Okay, okay, okay. You can be bolder. You can be more ambitious. Give me a third one and then, and then. 
it's kind of it's another it, it, my guess because this is a game that's been rumored for this year but I, I the more I think about it the more I think it's not going to happen I think Hitman Season 2 is announced at E3 does not debut until 2019 okay so in that, that one I could see because yeah. I'll I would be thinking... And I will say specifically Q1 2019. I think they'll do exactly what they did the first time and roll it out in like January and do a year's worth of content along with Okay, because I would think that Hitman 2 would be out this... Would it be called, would it be called Hitman 2 or just be Season Hitman 2? Hitman Season 2 yeah. is what I what everybody's been calling it. Yeah. Um, so I would think that <clears throat> um, they would make the announcement at E3 and then try and get out as quickly as possible because See, my reasoning for this is that because... This is not Square Enix now. This yeah. is just the... I can't remember what the develop, the studio is called. IO Interactive. That's the one. Um, I would imagine that for them, because they're not... Because Season 1 was unfortunately, you know, the whole reason that Square Enix moved away from the Hitman franchise is because it wasn't actually making as much money as everyone thought that it was going to make because of the reception that it got. Mm. Um... I could see IO want to try... They would really like to try and get... As soon as um, you know an announcement comes out and the, the press is there and um, the just the, the word that is out at the time around it, you know, I'd, I'd imagine they'd want to try and bank on that as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that you're either looking at either immediately releasing it as soon as possible after E3 or there's no point releasing it until it's ready, which then, yeah, it probably wouldn't be till uh, 2019. Yeah. So, hmm. Alright. Okay, so... Your third prediction. Uh, my third prediction. Um, virtual console for the Switch will come out this year. Um, it will be subscription-based. Um, and I think that they'll tie that in with because I know that online when that comes out or at some point online will be subscription based as well mm-hmm. and I think that they'll tie that in with virtual console uh, Game Boy games will be included but also not or will. Will, will be included okay. but also the Virtual Boy games will be included as well <laughs> okay okay do you want to provide a little bit of rationale what I, for why you think this will for, so that for I which can try bit? and make up a third one. For, for, oh, okay, fair enough. Give your give your justifications. Okay, and well, for time here. Um, I mean, there's no reason for them to not release some f- version of Virtual Console this year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and because what I really hope as well is that they keep it um, very clean and like tie it into the eShop. Just you know, you've got all the categories at the moment. You've got uh, you know, current games out, current offers, and they'll just have a selection which just says Virtual Console. You'll go into that, and then it'll be split into each um, uh, platform, so NES, SNES, GameCube, whatever. And just try, I really hope that they don't fuck it up like they've done for the Wii U uh, and the 3DS when it comes to Virtual Console. Just keep it as clean and as elegant as it was on the original Wii and as it is now on the Switch. Um, regardless of that, um, it, it, I just I don't see any reason for not having it released this year. Now I know that we, um, we kind of jokingly and and people were saying at the start of when the Switch was released that there wasn't a lot of games that were going to be released this year. Um, I think 
currently, I mean, obviously we're only in January, but off the top of your head, like, what are the big Switch games being released this year? I know that Nintendo are making an announcement tonight about a new Switch game. Uh, well, the the things they've said about it, it will have already happened by the time we listen to this, but the things yep. they've said about it is it's a new way to play. That's the kind of hint for old and young. All right. Which has made people think it's, like, some sort of, like, equivalent of, like, Wii Sports or something okay. like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, off the top of my head, what are the big Switch games that are out this year? Um, because there's no release date for Metroid Prime Four. Twenty eighteen. Days twenty eighteen. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm pretty sure it wasn't at the E3 thing, but when they were pressed about it, they said uh, like late twenty eighteen is what they were aiming for. Yeah, it's not official, but it's they right. said it well, sort of thing. That isn't said, so. That's not official. So yeah. official Switch games for twenty eighteen. Yoshi Kirby. I can't see them being big. Like they're they're not like yeah. you know big marquee seller type games like mm. Mario or Zelda. Uh, I think they're going to try like bastards to get that Pokemon game out for Christmas. Uh, sure, I'll go with because that because the way the Pokemon company talked about it, they said at E three last year it may not release for more than a year, which means that they, which to me sounded like they want it out in twenty eighteen yep. if they can make it. Still not official though. So no. from what I think, Donkey Kong Freeze. Is 2018. Yeah, but that's that's an old game. But that's an old game. Uh, Pokken, whatever the fuck that that's is. That's already out. That's already out, sorry. Yep. Hyrule um, Warriors. Hyrule Warriors. That's not really anything massive. So there's not a lot that I can Smack, think of. almost certainly, at some point. Again, it's not yeah. official. If yeah. they... I, yes, they should absolutely have Smash out this year. If they don't, fucking Virtual Console, GameCube, Smash. Mm-hmm. And then they're sorted. You know, they don't even have to make a Smash game for this year. They can hold that off to 2019. Yeah. Um, They'll rely a lot, if they can't get anything else out, they will be relying a lot more on third-party support than they have in a long, long time. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I could see third-party support, maybe not for 2018, but maybe for, certainly for 2019, because certainly a lot of third-party companies would have seen the success of the Switch this year, and, you know, maybe over the latter part of last year or early this year, will you know, There'll there'll be more talks of Nintendo, more contract sign, more actual third party stuff. So probably not 2018, but definitely 2019. You, yeah. I could see a lot more uh, third party stuff coming out. So I, I could see 2018 actually being a bit of a quiet year for Nintendo in terms of kind of big releases, which I think is just all the more reason, justifiably, for the Virtual Console my, to come out. My third last minute prediction is a Nintendo prediction for the year that is around that. Now that we've started talking about it. And I'm going to say that this year, on Nintendo Switch, Nintendo will release Mother 3. Oh! oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. That's right. my absolute moonshot. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you having that? Yeah, yeah. Because no. why yeah. the fuck not? I mean, you can have Virtual Console. It exists. <laughs> it does exist. You know, just not in English, except for that, like, unofficial version. Um, so... You, without much effort, except putting a localization team on it, you you could get that game out in English speaking territories. Yeah. So why not that? That will that will shift units among a very mm-hmm. like, niche population. Uh huh. But th- that will do the trick. Um. Yeah. So Mother Three coming coming to the Switch. Do you have any more that you want to throw in before we? Uh, I'll shoot <sighs> to the because the, the Kotaku ones. There's a couple of them are wild. Alright, give me the Kotaku ones and we'll talk about them. Okay, so this is, um, we've got Jason Schreier and, um, 
Kirk, I, I can't find his name here, but Kirk, anyway. It's Kirk Hamlet. Yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, they each have ten predictions here. Okay. Jason Trier says, we will get our first rumours of what the uh, uh, PS5 and Xbox 2 will look like. Uh, yeah, From maybe. a legitimate outlet. So, maybe. not just one of those, hey look, this has cup holders. An you know, actual proper like patent leak or something. Do that you know what? Like. like, I wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, I'm so not fussed about that. Just because yeah. of everything with Xbox One X and PS Pro last year. I just... The, the idea of a new console at the moment and the fact that, you know, the Switch is not even a year old. I just yeah. even talk about new consoles. I don't think the appetite is there for it this year. It's really not. Not for me. Um, Nintendo put a Netflix-style virtual console subscription service together. Okay, sure. That's yeah. what's been rumoured for so long. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3 will actually come out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be Kingdom Hearts 2.9 and a third and three quarters. Yeah. Hey, someone will start. Someone will try to sell a game for more than $60. Oh, yep. Yeah. Right. having Jason Schreier. There we the go. Lines. On the ball. Blizzard will announce a new Diablo. Oh. Um, I, I wonder where, whether Blizzard's will even bother fucking around with making a new game at the moment I, I mean obviously i don't know what how blizzard is split into with its um development teams but you know how valve were just making so much fucking money with like dota mm. and just didn't f- couldn't be bothered making anything else and obviously they got steam as well yeah. i wonder if like if overwatch is making so much money and obviously you've got world of warcraft and you've got hearthstone do they even need to bother making anything else at the moment you know just more licenses to print money well well no because you know out of all of those Diablo isn't one where you're going to make more money after it comes out no you, you know you make the money on actually just selling mm. the game but with the other three you know you release an expansion pack for Hearthstone and that's it you're sorted for the rest of the year you know um where are we here now oh he's in line with you on this one we will see at least two new PUBG clones I has come on um, nin- this this one's going to get you right in the heartstrings. Nintendo will announce a sequel to Breath of the Wild in a different world with the same mechanics and physics, sort of like Maj- Majora's Mask. They're not making a ROM hack in a year. I tell uh, you what, could you imagine? Could you imagine <laughs> the internet in the moments following, like, if a beautiful vista from Breath of the Wild opens up, camera pans up and that moon is there? Yeah. People... Yeah. Be- there will be just blood on the streets. Um, there will not be a Zelda... I don't think there'll be an announcement for a Zelda game in 2018. Zelda there will not be a Zelda Gaiden <laughs> in 2018. Uh, no, I don't think we'll hear anything about uh, a Zelda, unless it's more DLC. There, there'll be no new games, Zelda-wise. Uh, at least one big YouTuber with over 500,000 subs will quit the platform for some new platform. Yeah, you know how, like... Um, uh, Jay Z was it Jay Z who had Tidal? Was it Jay Z, Jack? It was a bunch of other like a bunch of musicians got together. Yeah, I could see a bunch of them trying to set up a new platform, definitely. Yeah. And all their videos will be in FLAC. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, 4K. No, 8K. This is a very interesting one. That is very video games industry, but I don't know if they're this dumb. Right. Another company will announce a dedicated ha- gaming handheld system to capitalize on the Switch's popularity. Ooh. Vita 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> no, because Sony is still dedicated to the original Vita. Come on now. Yeah, you're that, right that, there. that system is not dead. You say it every year, like E3, 
Um, Vita lives. Exactly. Um, it, right. it would be very like the video game industry to try and strike while the iron's hot and fundamentally misunderstand why it's popular. Okay, okay. I, I will um, make that one more specific. We'll say Microsoft will release a handheld oh, console. Lord. What will that... Oh, I don't even want to contemplate it'll be like it's the world can't even get first party games out on the machine they have it's like it's the world's first 4k handheld device and everyone will go yeah but where's the games and number 10 for uh jason valve will be sold oh there's a big one Mm. valve will be sold um hmm are valve uh public no. I don't think so. Hmm. I don't believe they are. I've never heard anything about no, them. I'll find out. You just keep talking. Okay. Uh, no, it's probably held company. Yeah. Uh, Gabe Newell, the CEO, wants to keep it that way. Okay, right. That sounds about right. Oh, who would buy them out? Disney? <laughs> yeah, Disney. Like, who <laughs> Who? Who? who yeah, would... GLaDOS would be the villain in Avengers 4. I could see like, Glados could be like a Pixar villain, you know. Yeah. If if they wanted to do like Wally Two or something, <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ! Oh man, oh my mind has gone places there. <laughs> who who is who who would buy them out? Like genuinely, I don't know. like I don't know. There, there's no video game conglomerate that I can think of that is anywhere. Yeah. Ooh. No, <laughs> sorry, I just Ooh. no. It... <laughs> EA, oh, that made me shudder. It... No, no, because Gabe wouldn't have that. They're oh. just... Could you imagine EA having a monopoly on video game distribution on PC? Ooh. Genuinely, <laughs> the only oh, it makes me feel ill. Who even has the money to buy Valve out other than like Microsoft, Activision Blizzard, Activision, Blizzard Microsoft, and Notch? Yeah. <laughs> not as it rolling down the back of the couch uh, Kirk's 10 predictions here and then we'll, we'll wrap up the show at least three op- large open world games will launch that will have no mini map that's an incredibly specific thing um, no I don't think they'll be because I actually think that developers and publishers will not have picked up on the trick of what makes Breath of the Wild work yeah. so no I don't see that happening Trump will be involved in a video game related controversy in real life or Twitter Oh, that would be Saints Row 5, I presume. Uh, um, at least one major 2018 game will be market spe- marketed specifically as having no loot boxes. Uh, yeah, I could see yeah. that. Although, because I'm pretty sure we already had that last year. Yeah, who was it? It was someone at the very end of the year. Yeah, we've already had one game do that before, so yeah, that will happen. Yeah, we also had, uh, yeah, do you remember Bethesda had the, the, the trailer about save single player? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> After he had yeah, that thing. Uh, Sony will announce PSN name changes. Uh, <laughs> Keep on predicting that one, Kirk, mate. I mean, that's just a fucking... That's Half-Life 3, you yeah. know. Number five, Bethesda will announce the Elder Scrolls 6 for release in fall 2018 yeah. I'm sorry right. I, I'm not buying that one if they want I don't care uh, I'm not buying that one I think they're going to really try and make they put so much money into Elder Scrolls online and if they announce Elder Scrolls 6 that place is going to be fucking deserted <laughs> so I reckon they try another year of trying to get something out of ESO and then maybe 
Hey, here you go. A YouTuber will commit a felony on YouTube and go to jail for it. Okay, now I didn't say on YouTube, but uh, all right. Uh, at E3, Ubisoft will announce the Division 2 and it'll be out fall this year. We know the Division 2 exists. We've heard. We've heard tell. Whatever. Uh, Bungie will overhaul the Destiny 2 Eververse in some significant way. That's I have no idea about Destiny 2 stuff, but it seems like something they would do to keep people playing. Um, okay. And uh, this is probably a pretty solid bet. A major video game publisher, be it Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, EA, or Activision, will suffer a major and publicized data breach. <laughs> um, of those... I mean, it seems. To, I was going to say, <laughs> they hackers seem to really like have a thing for Sony, or Sony really, really seem to have a thing for not having good security. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, um, yeah I, I could see that being one that happens. Unfortunately, yeah, sadly. Well, that's the the, the crystal ball gazed into for twenty eighteen, Mark. It'll be interesting to listen back to this at the end of the year and see if we nailed anything. I bet we didn't. <laughs> oh, I could see one or two of them. I'll tell you what, I definitely if, think... If, if any of them come true, it won't be because we knew it. I definitely think Red Dead will be released this because year. Because of dumb... Imagine. And you know what, actually? I was nearly going to say for the lab, one of my ones that I had jotted down here was that Crackdown won't come out this year. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Um... Or, or you could even go more bolder and say, like, Xbox, while well, Microsoft won't release, like, a big first-party game this year. Or a first-party game. Yeah, just a first-party game. Um, no, I, I do think that we'll definitely see at least one of the big games, one of the big publishers, release some sort of Battle Royale mode. I'm, yeah. I'm just dead set that that will happen. Mm, considering it already happened with one last year. There you go. Um, cool. Yeah, right, one bit of business left, Mark, and the book club is going to return next week, the feature where we talk about a significant game from the past that you should play for the first time if you haven't already, or play again if it's been a while, and uh, you're kicking off the year in style. Uh, I'm picking a platformer, how oh. about that? <laughs> Shocker. I know, right? At some point I'll come out of Diversify like... the portfolio. <sighs> but you know, if you know something, if you... Why fix what isn't broken? Well, exactly. Um, but no, this was one of the games that I think... Um, after Super Meat Boy, it really um, re-established the 2D side-scrolling platformer and really, uh, really showed, like, you know, this is how a platformer can be in the kind of modern age. Um, I'm also trying to remember off the top of my head if we've even done this one before, because there's probably a chance that we have, because, you know... It's really funny if we do record this segment, because... Probably. Uh, but I'm going to go with Rayman Origins. No. No. I don't think we have. Yeah. So... If you're hearing this, we didn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go check after this. Cool. But yeah, Rayman Origins. Cool. Rayman Origins uh, for episode 97. Which I'm just going to check before we even go into it. Did you play that? Yes. Cool. Sweet. Uh, for episode 97 of Link to the Cast. Uh, that's going to do it for another episode of the, of the program. This podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and most podcasting platforms. Just search for Link to the Cast. Subscribe to us there. Rate, review, tell a friend. It all helps. The website is linktothecast.eu. If you want to get in touch with us, linktothecast at gmail.com is the email address. But social media is the quickest way to keep up to date with us and also to hear back from us. Facebook.com forward slash linktothecast and at linktothecast on Twitter. Individually, I'm at Dave Ryan IV and Mark is at Lithium Project. 
Um, yeah, another episode of Link to the Cast in the Bag and 2018 kicked off in some superb style, my friend. It's been fun to do this again, you yeah. know. Stretching the limbs, we'll be back well into our groove next week. So thanks again for tuning in to us here on Link to the Cast and we shall see you in a week. Goodbye. <laughs>